everybody. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to episode number two with Kevin Tater McCarthy. And I'm just going to jump right into this because 25 minutes goes by so fast and I have so much to ask this guy. But listen, we left off, we were, we were talking about traveling all over the world, some of the coolest places, some of the biggest uh, um, arenas that you've done and stuff like that. But let's just jump right, right into this. Um, some social media stuff came in and that was... If a young man or a young woman wants to get into this business, how do they get into the music business these days? Uh, you know, you talked about schools earlier, and there's a lot of schools. I think maybe now you need to have some sort of schooling background, but that's only going to get you so far that's because right, yeah. it's 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 really a learn-on-the-job type thing. And um, some people... Some, some some people that hire don't want somebody with a lot of experience. They want to train you their way and bring you up and show like you, you. The, yeah, bring you the, yeah exactly, <laughs> and not show you another way. So um, to get everybody kind of gets in in a different way and a different somehow uh, they land up there. Some people are lifers and some people do it for a couple of years and some people do it for five minutes and can't take it and they're yeah. out. You know you, you know right away. It's not a job where you're like oh, I'll do this for a while. You, you, People are either in it or they're out of it. Right. You know, you either got it's it or you a, it, don't. It's, it's a lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle, and it's not nothing personal. If, if you can't do it, it's not for everybody, and yeah. you figure it out real quick. Yeah, and like for us being on the road, I figured out what I love. Twenty-four years of doing this, and then with everything like literally stopped, I had to learn how to learn live how, again, how to live at home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like holy cow, I got this house that I've been paying for for yeah. eighteen years, and now I got to live here. Yeah. Like it's not a, it's not, it's not a Holiday Inn, it's not a Hilton. You yeah. Know? Um, a question came in again on social media. I took a bunch of questions from social media, and uh, what's it like for you? Have you had like one of those wow moments, or maybe those one of those magical moments? I'm, I'm sure that after thirty three years of doing this, you've had several of them, but there's one stand out like a life-changing moment that maybe maybe you saw somebody in the crowd that that grabbed your attention that you normally don't look at the crowd or maybe it was a band member that I, I don't know I don't know exactly what this person was talking about but I know what those wow moments or those life-changing moments are have you ever had one uh I'm sure I've had and maybe not all for the the good you know what i mean yeah. maybe i know i know uh obviously covid right now we're dealing with a life changing because yeah. you know 30 if you minus 33 years from my age it's not i'm not wasn't very old when i started and i don't really know anything else so i'm learning a lot of new stuff right yeah. now um uh about myself about everybody around me about about everything you yeah. know about being home for this long and uh, you know, worrying about putting miles on my car, which I've never done before, you know, know. all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, worry about my, you know, so, so much new stuff to worry about. I don't know if yeah. I've had a wow moment, or, or maybe I've had so many. I, you know, I, or what I think is a wow moment, um, somebody might think is, and I don't think is at all. Well, let me ask you this: maybe it was you made a wow moment for somebody else. Maybe it was inviting somebody to a show. Maybe it was seeing somebody at the show that maybe you got them a little bit closer. Or right. you know, not not everybody can get to the lead lead singer or no. the lead guitar player. But for whatever reason, they got to you that night. <laughs> um, like, it's, it's, it's like, weird. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure it has happened. I don't have a story off really off the top of my head. I, I hope I've I hope I've made somebody's day once in a while, yeah. you know. And I hope just them enjoying the bands, you know, and, and seeing a show that went off without a hitch and they got to uh, experience something that they were looking forward to. And I was a, just a small part of it. Right. We talk about you doing arenas of 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000, 80,000, 100,000 people. Yeah. What's it like going from that 
to Jimmy Kimmel or Jay Leno. And that's or, stuff we do all the time. Right. Because, so you what's know, it like for you to go from that mindset of, yeah. okay, we have, you know, 20 trucks with 60 people to it's just me and another guy making sound good for the studio. Yeah, well, once again, most people think, you know, you just – you just do it over there and over there it doesn't matter but you know we uh most of these bands when we start up we call it a record cycle they have a new product out and we do long rehearsals and then we do usually do a promo tour to start and that's when you do your tv shows your jimmy kimmels that's when they're doing all that stuff not in the middle of a tour sometimes you do it in the middle of a tour but hopefully not um and you have to do that whole run of all those places and and it's a lot different you're in a different environment your band's only playing one song instead of you know, two hours plus, right. they're going to do one or two songs, and it's a whole different environment for them and for you, and your job is there to, to make it sound the way they're used to and keep them comfortable in an un- uncomfortable environment for themselves. And that's one of the reasons they bring us everywhere and keep employing the people that they like is because they it makes them feel comfortable to see the faces and know that everything that they're going to, when they get on stage, everything's going to be right. Do you get close to the band? Never. Well, no, yeah, usually never. Um... Uh, for one thing, it's not easy to get close to the band because we're on two totally different schedules. Right. Most of the times we don't stay in the same cities. Most of the times we don't stay in the same hotels. Uh, most of the times they don't stay in the same hotels with each other. You know what I mean? So <laughs> a band of six might not all be at the same hotel. So the, the bonding time, I would say, is during rehearsals when you're much more intimate and they're with you one-on-one. I love the, I love what you just said because, again, listen— uh, my audience, we don't know about all the ins and outs. So just little things like that, like there are the chemistry parts of bands that people don't realize, and like people might not like each other, so they don't stay even at the same hotel, or maybe egos play a role. Yeah, you don't know. Or, or, it could, or it could just be that guy's favorite hotel and the other guy's favorite hotel. Right. And they want to stay at different places. I mean, it's, sometimes it's you know it's simple, but um, yeah, I mean. Uh, a lot of the bands, well, like when I started with Linkin Park, you know, I worked for them for, I'm still kind of work for Mike. He's been doing solo stuff, you know, like 12 years now. Um, you know, yeah, I, I w- we're just still work acquaintances. They're 10 years younger than me. We don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. We have different goals, different family lives, you know, older kid, they've got young. Everything's way different. And we're just, uh, you know, really in the long run. Uh, I'm just there to to do their sound. Yeah. And if a friendship evolves out of it for some reason, that that's fine. You know what I mean? That's fine. But we're not in the same economic. I don't live in L.A. where most of the bands right. live or England. I live in Detroit. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we're going to hang out on the weekends. And they they just have such a different everything going on that, you know, you just. It, I try to keep it as a work relationship. Now over 33 years, I I, I would say I have just a handful of friends. That are that I call friends, and when I say friends, I you see a lot of crew guys. Oh, that guy's my buddy. Yeah. You're not his buddy unless you know his kids' names. He calls you on your kid's birthday. Right. Do you have his phone number in your phone? Can you email him right now? Right. right. I know yeah. all my friends. I can do that. Right. right. Exactly. So you see all these. Oh yeah, it's my buddy. Well, they, they, no. You know what I mean? That yeah. you work for that. It's your employer. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd say in 33 years, I have a handful of guys that are famous musicians that I could call and email and know their kids' names, and they, they say happy birthday to me on my birthday. Yeah. So a handful. So how did you get the, the nickname Tater? Uh, easy, uh, Dictator. Really? Short for Dictator, yeah. That's it? That's it. I thought for sure there was going to be a, a much <laughs> bigger story here. You know, you, you talk about doing things a little bit different now because of the COVID-19 yeah. and everything else. One thing that you are doing, and I was kind of shocked, um, because you're a guy be not in front of the mic, 
and now yeah. you're doing a podcast yourself. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, and have you had to get a little bit more comfortable in front of the mic? Well, there's no well, there's no audience you can see there, right? And I'm just in my office doing it. So, uh, and I'm talking about subjects that I know, and it's me and my partner Pooch who mixes the front of house for all these bands. We we do a lot of tours together throughout the years, and we do a webinar called Wrong End of the Snake, and uh, we have a person, uh, another touring person or someone in the music business that we know and have a relationship with. And we don't talk any technical stuff. It's all about life on the road, what their jobs are, how they handle their jobs, and how it affects everybody in, in the touring group, yeah. and how everybody has to get along, and the ins and outs of, of that kind of stuff. So if they want to get a little bit more in-depth, like this show yep. here, but maybe a little bit, how can they find the show? It's uh, YouTube, uh, at Wrong End of the Snake, or on Instagram, Wrong End of the Snake. Great question again came in on social media, and this was a, a young man out of, from North Carolina, and he wanted to know your favorite truck stop, gas station, airport snack. And I thought that was a, such a great question. Wow, because that is listen, a great question. We've both been on the road. You know, I fly yeah. a lot. You're on, like, literally on the road. What's it like... Um, to have that favorite snack, because I know what mine is. It's it's a Snickers bar. <laughs> and matter of fact, I had two of them on the way here today because I did not want to eat something that I didn't want to. So I had a Snickers bar, and it tied me over to when I get home. God, I wish I would have had one. Um, <laughs> I haven't eaten yet today, and I'm starving. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a snack. Like I said, it's a snack. Uh, my favorite thing in the whole wide world, there is a. It only used to be in Nagoya, Japan, and it's branched out now. It's gotten a lot bigger. They're they're all over Japan now, and they're they're kind of in Hong Kong, and they're a little bit in Thailand. They're, they're kind of around Asia a little bit now. But it's a thing called Yamachan. What the heck is that? And it's, it's, um, they're famous for their chicken wings. And it's hard to believe that a Japanese company would be famous for chicken wings. You'd think that's kind of all-American. <laughs> but they are the best chicken wings in the whole wide world, bar none. And um, I always wish they opened one here. I don't know if the normal American would take to these chicken wings, but they are the best thing ever and i eat them by the dozens <laughs> and it's only the wing it's not the drumstick it's oh. only the wing okay yeah so is there a place that you still want to travel to i mean you've been to so many cool places but is there still one place that you want to either one go work or two just go there and say i was i went uh not really um you know, uh, the, the only way I can really answer that question is um, we go to Europe so many times, not only that, just so many times in one year even. You know, you, yeah. it seems like you're always in Europe, in the U.S., you're always in South America. <laughs> you got to go do a one show in Japan and come back. So you're, you're always in those places. The places, not that i necessarily saying I want to go there. I think we don't do the Middle East a lot. Yeah. You know, we do Israel. Uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, Saudi, stuff like that. But we don't get deep in, in, in the Middle East at all. And maybe one day we can do that and maybe I'd like to go in that region more. Have you ever been... Because I love their food. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been nervous anywhere on the road, different countries traveling? Have you ever had one of those... Never. ...been uncomfortable because... Never. ...or felt scared or... Never. Um... Never, ever, ever uh, in any place. And I love and respect all the places we go. Every, every place has great people. 
you, you never meet bad people. You always meet, you know, they're, they're happy to see a band anyway. In a right, group yeah. Band, you know, so, you know, they're, you're always taken care of so well by the local promoters there, and they take you out to great places, and, and you meet people that are happy to see you and take care of you and make you feel good while you're there and show yeah. you the best. They want to show you the best of everything that their country or their city or state or whatever has yeah. to offer. So, uh, no, I've never felt uncomfortable um, anywhere other than... Um, uh, I wouldn't say I felt uncomfortable, but uh, I'm one of the only people that I know have been pulled over on a runway of an airport. What? By the police. Come on. <laughs> Dead serious. Please share with me and everybody watching right yeah. now. Like, tell, please, that's a funny story, uh, I, I was, guess. I was, uh, uh, working <laughs> I'm glad it was you and not me. <laughs> <laughs> we were, I was working for uh, Phil Collins. It was around 1993, 94, somewhere in there. And we had just done a stadium show in Caracas, Venezuela. <laughs> and we, had, we, were on a, uh, we had our own plane we, we were traveling in. And uh, we were going down the runway, and next thing you know, you know, engines down, no takeoff, and cop cars and military vehicles surrounded us. And um, came on, got the tour manager, and I guess we missed a payment to be made or a, a special tax or something that had to be paid, and it got paid, and we, we left. Wow. <laughs> that had to be a little bit scary, though. Well, we, did, we didn't really know what was going on right. until That's after, so, but it was still kind of weird being pulled over on the runway of a, of a plane. Is there a band or talent that you still would love to work with? Let, let me ask yeah. you this. Yeah. A hypothetical question. Okay. If you could go back anytime and say, man, I wish I would have worked with that band or that person, or who would it be? I mean, you've worked oh. with so many cool people. Oh, so many fantastic. So blessed but, in that area. Um, you know, I don't know if it would be worked with somebody else. It's maybe worked with some people I'd worked with more. Okay. So, um, you know, I didn't work with them enough or was unavailable. Like, you know, when I started working for Lincoln Park, I, I kind of focused all my attention and energy on them and you know you normally you go a band nowadays doesn't tour that long you'll do a couple months here a couple months there before you were touring you know six eight twelve months all the time uh so you would jump from band to band a lot and in that stretch with lincoln park i didn't jump a lot and i had left judas priest then and and i love that those guys and they're such a great band and people and i it's one of the things I'll, I know I'll look back on and saying I, I had to do what I did, and Lincoln Park treated me great. But yeah. they they were one of the bands. It was a very hard decision to to not not be with them. And I see them go out now, and it's like, oh man, just one more time, you know, one more time. <laughs> Let me ask you this: You know what? I I know you've worked with some pretty heavy metal bands. Yeah, I'm the motivational cowboy, man. I gotta ask: Have you ever worked with a country band or artist? You know, for me. <laughs> And when I started and was was getting my reputation, country was not arena rock. Okay. okay? Country was state fairs, uh, smaller kind of stuff. I'm, you know, there was. I'm sure there was. You know, whoever in the '80s was big. It wasn't Garth Brooks, and I'm sure there was somebody big then. But um, I just country's all based out of Nashville. It's their own little scene, their own little world. Yep. And until like maybe. Somewhere in the 2000s, I'm not sure when that became the new arena rock. You know what I mean? Where all those right. all those bands sell arenas now, right? Yep. I don't know when that happened, but I'm not in that scene, so I don't know those people at all, really. Yeah. And I, and they don't know me. It's its own kind of entity, its own world. Yeah. So not really. It was so funny because when I posted that you were going to be on my show today live, um, 
two or three guys that are that I know that are um, techs and stuff like that for for bands. You're like, dude, I know that cat. I know, you know what I mean? So it <laughs> yeah. is kind of funny how small. Yeah, it's a it very really small is. industry. Yeah, very so, small. So if I, right now, got into your iPod, what kind of music does Tater listen to? Well, Johnny, do you, I don't think anybody's had iPods in a few years. Maybe well, on my phone? In your phone, your streaming, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, and I, what kind of eight tracks do you have? What kind of yeah, tapes right. do you have? Um, what kind of vinyl do you have? There you go. That's better. Okay. Uh, you know... <laughs> I grew up in the, you know, I graduated high school in '85. I grew up in in the hair metal days, you know. So I'm 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 basically a '70 late '70s uh, hard rock kind of okay. kind of listening to, you know. That's ma- mainly my my genre of music. I, I like so many, and um, and so many of the bands I work for, you know. You, people say, "Aren't you sick of hearing those songs over and over again?" <laughs> and like, sometimes you're not, and you end up liking the songs and 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 you, f- you see a different angle to like them and i usually i usually like all the bands i work for and their songs and uh but i haven't you, you kind of when you're constantly mixing sound I, I i don't find myself listening a lot i've only started to find myself listening a lot again now that we've been off for a while yeah so uh for a while you know when i'm i listen have all day at work i got to listen to music so I turn it off normally, but now right. I'm starting to turn it back on and get get back into some stuff. You know, um, it's been challenging 33 years being on the road. Yeah. Um, you have your bad days just like everybody else. Oh, yeah. You have your good days with like everybody else. Uh, some days it's like in a roller coaster ride. You have ups and downs. When you need that kick in the butt, who motivates or inspires you to keep going? Because, listen... At the end of the day, I can't tell you how many weddings I've missed, how many funerals oh. I've missed, how many birthdays I've missed. Um, yeah. y- you know, so many things yeah. because I love what I do. Yeah. I wouldn't change it for the world. But I know it's tough, and, and, and I know that it gets tough being yeah. on the road. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much you say, oh, I love my brothers and sisters on the road. Listen, at the end of the day, we're still human beings. Yeah. yeah. Who motivates and inspires you when you need a kick in the butt? Love that question. Great question. You know what? I don't really know how to answer that, but I know something and someone does because, uh, you know, you, you do you do have some hard times out there. Obviously, like any job, you know, you you know you go through stuff at work that you know, and and you just have to have a good uh, a good friend network, really, you know, to yeah. call people and talk about something else, you know, right. get your mind off off work, especially because we have to live our work. We can't go home and turn it off. You, exactly. You know, if you have problems at the show, you have to think tomorrow how to fix it, how to FedEx something, how to, you're, you're constantly in that headspace and you yep. cannot get out. I call it in the bubble. You're constantly in the bubble until that tour ends, until you're on that flight home. You're like, pop that bubble. I'm ready to take a day off, you know, a real day off. Because right. we, when we're on the road, I, I call it show days and non-show days. It's not yeah. like. You're a, still on the road, right, dude. Right. Some people call, people oh, we got a day off. I don't have a day off. If non-show I, day. If I hear one more time after 23 years in, 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 my, in the speaking business, oh, you're on vacation all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you get to travel here and you get to travel yeah. there. You're on vacation. There's yeah. no, like, I'm, for, for me, I'm preparing for the next gig. Yeah. Or the next talk. Because none of them are the same. Yeah. Or the next NASCAR event or the next event that I'm emceeing. Studying and, it's and learning. Yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know? no, like I always say when people say, oh, you're going to be in L.A. for two weeks. you got to come see me. They're not paying me to be on vacation. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. 
they're paying for my travel and my hotel and my salary for me to give them work in return. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes those hours are very long, and all I want to do is get to the hotel and get some sleep and catch up on a few things and, and get away from it for a second and um, not worry about getting an Uber to go here and do this and do that. I just want to get away. So what's, dip, what's the difference between digital and analog and is analog coming back? Uh, it won't come back in live live audio. You, okay. you know, you'll have some bands, and they'll they'll be fewer and farther between. They'll say, uh, "I want my engineers only to use analog consoles and stuff like that." The problem is, it all sounds fantastic. Yeah, I want to use analog. Yeah, yeah, I'm only using analog. The problem is, is analog is big, it's bulky. It's heavy, and it's not as flexible as digital. Okay, so what's the difference between digital and analog? Well, right. So I can take a, like this. I don't know if you can see this mixing console here, right? This thing is very powerful in what it does, okay? Many, many functions. An analog desk can't basically do that. The problem is when, when a guy says he wants to take analog, you're going to get shut down by production because the guy that has to pay, which is the band usually, to ship all that analog <laughs> stuff around the world, right? Yeah. They don't want to pay for that anymore. They want right. something small, compact, lightweight that can go everywhere. So to get a band to buy in, yeah, yeah, we want analog. Well, in the end of the 12-month tour, well, if you want analog, it's going to cost each of the band members an extra 120 grand because of the cost of air freighting <laughs> it around the world. It usually gets nixed right away. Yeah, right. So it can make a comeback, but in the live world, it's going to have a, it's a tough sell. Sounds great in the studio, but not live. Yeah. And yeah. can you make it sound um, the same with digital? Like, can you take analog and make it sound like, or can you take digital, digital and make, make it sound, it sound like analog? You know, I, I never claim to have any golden ears or anything like that. <laughs> um, and I always thought I wasn't going to be in the business when digital fully came out, which it is now. I thought I would never learn it, pick it up, know how to use it. Um, but uh, yes, it's too close. And, and I think people's ears now are attuned to everything being digital and listening on bad uh, earphones and stuff like that yeah. through MP3s. So everybody's hearing has adjusted and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and, and, and the new digital, it sounds so great. It really does. What's challenging about your job? Uh, you know, because, again, people are, they don't realize we only see the good things. You only see the good things, yeah. What is the most, or, or, or what is just challenging? Well, for me, you it out right now yeah, for all of us to hear. You know, for me in my position, if everybody doesn't know, I, I don't mix the sound for the audience. I mix it for the band. The so band what's the members. difference then? You've said that before. Yeah. So yeah. I thought when you mix it once, it's all the same. No. So, so what, what is the there's difference? a guy normally in the middle of the arena. Oh, right. OK. And he's sitting in the middle of the arena and he's mixing the large speaker stacks you see flown in the air. OK, so you're for off the to arena. the side of the stage. I'm off to the side and I'm mixing just what the band needs to hear, which is two completely different things. So I have to mix for, you know, many different individuals, many different tastes, many different, you know, styles, different things going on all the time where that guy's just mixing for the people. So uh, the big Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's you know, so cool. I have to be in tune with all the band members on stage w w with their needs and wants. And um, it, it, it's, uh, you know, you're, it's the hot seat, you know, it's the hot seat every night, you know. So I always feel every night my job's on the line, and I have to I have to be 100% spot on every night. I can't have a bad night, and I live and die by that with my job, and um, that's how I approach it, and that's how I have to approach it. Are there I, – I, I know for me, when I work with certain people for a amount of time, when I'm doing – and that's just me and a microphone – 
but I can look at you and I can, you know, look at something or point at something and you know exactly what I need fixed. Yeah. Do you, why a band is performing live can look at you and they're like, and you just know exactly what they're talking about. Yes. If you work, you know, it's, it's something you can't. It's, it's not like they can come over and talk to you. Well, they during, can. They can. During a live show? Yeah. Yeah, they can come over. Well, they don't usually, but they can. <laughs> um, they can. And we have talkback mics that go just to me. So okay. the, their, their tech or their person working for them can talk to me and say stuff. But um, I can always sense beforehand that they're uncomfortable. So I know something's coming. Yeah. I have to figure out whether it's their instrument they're uncomfortable with, the lights, the video, or is it something I'm doing? So I can yeah. sense that. And I can usually sense that by the way they look or the way they're, oh, he's not standing in the same, even though it's not choreographed, these guys go to the same spots every night, you know, just by force of, force of habit. So I can start to feel them out a little bit that way that they're uncomfortable or something. And then I can be, I, I'm ready, already there ready to, to start taking action right. you almost have to think before they even ask correct you have to be right there ready in it and you can't take any time doing it you have to fix it and move on because you've got st- other stuff going on right that's right yeah so just real quick besides bands have you ever worked with like a comedian or anything like that doing sound i don't think so would you you'd, you'd probably do anything you know right what? now <laughs> it's funny it's, yeah right now i'll do anything does anybody i'll do anything um it's funny you say that because a comedian doesn't need what we call inputs, which are the you know the feeds to the console, uh, and you know you think oh it's just one mic and maybe a spare mic and maybe an audience mic here yeah. and there. It it seems easy. But what I've always found out, like a DJ, you just need a left and right and a vocal mic yeah. and off you go. Uh, I always find usually the less inputs, the harder. You know. Yeah. So. Um, uh, and, and, and I wonder because I just know and I got to wrap things up, but yeah. But, but I just know like I like a little bit of bass. I like a bit, little bit of reverb because I'm yep. a storyteller. So yep. I I use the mic for you know yeah. certain like yeah. things. It's just me and a mic, and um, I know the difference when they have a professional sound guy there at yep. the event and when they don't. Yeah, see, it's easy to tell, isn't you know? it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank for, you for coming to hang, hang out. How can people find you on social media? Uh, Tater Audio. I think I'm at Tater Audio on Instagram and you Facebook. Are? Yep. And uh, that's the way to find me. Man, I can't. I, we we, we got to do this again. Yeah, if you don't heck mind. yeah. Anytime, man. Well, hey, everybody. You listened to it. That was Mr. Kevin Tater McCarthy joining me right here on this episode. Hey, listen, don't forget, you can find all of my podcasts in Streamcast at MotivationalCowboy.com or at NRMStreamcast.com. Again, on behalf of everybody here, be safe, have fun, and we'll see you next time right here. NRM Streamcast. I'm Johnny D. We'll talk to you later.